Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. What's going on, guys? We hope you're doing great. We got a fun and different show for you today. 
Yeah, we interviewed Elizabeth Greenwood, and she's the author of Plain Dead, as well as her new book, Love Lockdown, Dating, Sex, and Marriage in America's Prisons. And that is exactly what we talk about today. Yeah, and her work has appeared in the New York Times, San Francisco Chronicle, Vice, Oprah Magazine, GQ, and many others. And she's an investigative journalist and a writer, and she spent five years following five couples in the prison system who are in relationships. Some of them got married. She actually attended a wedding in a maximum security prison. And we talk about the unique challenges of those relationships and what we can learn from them. Maybe some of you listening are incarcerated, but most of you are likely not. And there's still a lot to learn from what these couples go through. And Imagine she shares how they have to communicate well during a 15 minute phone call that they that they're allowed or how to create fun in in different ways to stay connected when all you can do is send pictures and and write letters and and phone calls and an occasional visit where you're not even able to be intimate. So it can spur creativity that we can bring into our lives. And I think most important, it makes you really appreciate that you can be in person with your partner and hold their hand and give them a kiss and, you know, say, I love you really whenever you want. So it makes you feel really appreciated of your partner. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening to the show and for sharing with your friends and family and for checking out our website, idpodcast.com. We have tons of free resources on there, free guides, over 300 episodes, as well as the link to our online course, Spark My Relationship, where you can get $100 off for our listeners. So we hope you guys check it out and enjoy today's show. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. We're really excited to talk to you Obviously, or maybe not so obviously, you were the first guest to come on as a journalist and author and share with our audience about your book, Love Lockdown, and about love and marriage and relationships in the prison system of the United States. And we saw this book and this topic and thought it was super interesting and a great way to provide insight, some empathy and, and perspective on our own relationships. Uh, probably most people listening to this are not incarcerated, but maybe we have listeners out there who are. And so, uh, but I can be pretty sure that most are not, but there's a lot of value in understanding this kind of whole side of society really and how they live and through the lens of their relationships, obviously, as it relates to our podcast. So let's start by having you tell our listeners about what prompted you to, to do this investigative work and write a book and a little bit about your experience doing it. Sure. So Love Lockdown began more than five years ago now, and it actually grew out of a friendship that I made with someone I wrote about in my first book, Playing Dead. This is a fellow named Sam Israel, and he was a hedge fund manager in New York, and he did indeed fake his death to avoid some criminal charges at the beginning. He ended up turning himself in three weeks after he staged his own suicide, um, and he's now in Butner Federal Prison. So 
years ago when I was doing reporting for that book, um, I interviewed Sam and we mostly conducted our correspondence over um, an email application called CoreLinks that's used in prisons. And, you know, we did these interviews, but our, we continued talking long after that had wrapped and we developed a friendship. And one thing Sam told me was that he will sometimes get letters from people who are interested in him, often women, um, often after his story has been featured, um, you know, in the news, on a cable crime, true crime series. Uh, and I was so interested in that phenomenon because I think like many of us, I'd always heard about that. And I'd heard about it in its kind of most extreme iteration, you know, the women who wrote to Scott Peterson. And I was just always interested in, you know, what's that about? So I started poking around um, this topic and I got uh, linked up with a really interesting organization called Strong Prison Wives and Families. And they are a nonprofit um, of 60,000 members worldwide, all of whom are supporting a loved one who's incarcerated. And these are, you know, real people. These aren't prison groupies writing famous serial killers. These are all just everyday people who have um, a spouse or partner who's incarcerated, and this is a group to help them. So I met some amazing women uh through that group, all of whom have a husband or a boyfriend incarcerated. And I was really kind of off to the races once I met some of these members who have very nuanced um, and particular backgrounds and experiences. And I just really wanted to know why would someone pursue someone in prison? All five couples I trace in my book met while incarcerated, meaning that they did not know each other prior to prison. So they met via a pen pal website or volunteering through prison ministry. Often they weren't looking for anything and, you know, cut to 12 months later and they're walking down the prison aisle. So my book traces the ups and downs of those five couples. So let's start with why were they drawn uh, to people that were incarcerated or how did it happen? Often it happened um, through a kind of like divine providence people would describe it to me as, you know, for example, um, the main couple I follow in my book, Joe and Ben Reed. Joe at the time was going through a divorce. She had two young kids and she was feeling pretty depressed. And a friend of hers at her church um, recommended sending a note a holiday card to someone who's incarcerated around Christmas time. The holidays notoriously are very difficult for people um, who are imprisoned and separated for their, from their families. So she logged on to a pen pal website. There are a bunch that exist. Um, some are more explicitly for dating than others. This was um, a more platonic one. And she found someone who was in prison. He said he wasn't looking. He was only looking for friendship, just looking for someone to pass the time with. And she, you know, did her good deeds, sent her note, and from there developed a friendship and from there developed more. Um, another couple I write about, Sheila Rule and Joe Robinson, she was volunteering for her church's prison ministry, answering the letters that would come in and a similar thing, just started writing with someone and, um, you know, really kind of landed on something that was very deep and profound um, and, you know, ended up marrying this man. So it happens in these kind of, you know, um, 
not super obvious ways. I think that everyone that I chose to spoke with was not, um, you know, seeking out necessarily something romantic in prison and in a prisoner. Um, and yet that's what they found. When you said walking down the prison aisle, is that like <laughs> actually in prisons people are getting like married or is that just... Yeah. Yeah, it's I did attend um, Joe and Ben's wedding in a maximum security prison. Um, So they do happen Um, in certain states, you can get married by proxy, you know, so kind of by a paperwork, but um, in many prisons and in non COVID times, of course, um, weddings do happen. So at this particular prison wedding I attended. Um, This was at Oregon State Penitentiary. And at this facility, twice a year, they will cancel regular visiting hours and they will have weddings. Um, You have to bring in your own officiant. Prison chaplains do not do these weddings. Um, So, you know, we showed up the morning of the wedding and in the lobby um, at the at the prison, there's like, you know, half a dozen brides to be kind of milling around waiting for their ceremony. And We went through security and went into the visiting room, which the um, prisoners had transformed into like a wedding chapel. You know, there was like an archway and um, a a kind of makeshift aisle they had put down on the floor. Um, And yet each person got their, you know, 10-ish minute ceremony with with their loved one. It was really interesting. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney Show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. 
Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. So outside of the obvious fact that these people are separated physically for most of their lives, what are some of the challenges that they're facing as as couples that can kind of relate to what a lot of couples uh, might be facing? And then obviously we can layer in the unique challenges too. It would be interesting to hear about that. Sure. I think um, communication the challenges and um, real profundity of communication in a prison relationship. Um, you know, it's kind of what we experience out in the world, but amplified. So as you say, you know, many of these couples do not um, ever get to experience real privacy with their partner. Um, conjugal visits exist in only four states and they don't happen in every facility in those states. So, you know, the most you might get in terms of physical intimacy with your loved one is uh, being at a visit where you can get a kiss and a hug at the beginning and, you know, like a closed mouth kiss, right? Like a pet and hold hands during a visit. And that's really it. So because of that separation, the role of communication in these relationships is huge. And what does that mean? People in prison generally um, get, you know, several opportunities a day to use the phone. And those phone calls last only 15 minutes. And they come at a pretty um, significant cost for most people. They're collect phone calls. So I heard so many couples say to me like, well, we've learned to fight in 15 minute increments, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, just to kind of like meet those um, standards and protocols. But I think that what is really cool about the couples I interviewed is that they've had to learn how to communicate and get to know each other 
in this very focused um, way where physicality is not an option anymore. So you go really deep with people and you get really vulnerable with people. And the letter writing piece, which is so old fashioned, you know, in our kind of 21st century digital life, people were really like pouring their hearts out in these letters and getting to know each other in this very slow, methodical, really romantic way. Um, so that was really interesting. And then because of, again, these um, separations and challenges, the couples I interviewed were forced to become very innovative and very creative in the way they expressed their love um, and admiration for each other. So that would be anything from, you know, a husband in prison calling a wife and her saying, well, let's go for a walk and taking the phone call out by a lake and describing everything she sees to kind of bring him into her world. And, you know, sending photographs once a week, um, just of daily life, not of anything posed or special, but, you know, here we are at the ball game, here we are going out to eat. Um, and, you know, the ways in which the um, men who are incarcerated would show their love to their wives, really small gestures that, you know, don't seem like much maybe on the outside was swell with this huge meaning. One um, person told me about going out and picking wildflowers for his wife in the prison yard and sending them to her in an envelope. And that's the way he would send her flowers. So I just think between the communication and the creativity and innovation um, that these couples, you know, um, by necessity are forced to um, imagine, I thought was very inspiring and very cool. Did you get any details on how the couple work through their 15 minute fights? <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, I think that first, you know, in a way, what I heard described to me is there are, you know, no one I interviewed, believe me, would like wish for incarceration. You know, it, it really is a nightmare. However, <laughs> there are some things kind of built in that um, do have, you know, a kind of appeal. So for example, like when you're fighting with your husband at wife, or wife at home, you know, and especially in the in the quarantine and everything, like there was no escaping them. You know, you could go into separate rooms, but you could still hear them breathing or doing whatever it was that was irritating you. So, <laughs> you know, people really said, we have that 15 minute phone call, but then we can hang up and we can process and we can kind of be on our own and be with those feelings and reflect and have some space to do that and then come back to each other, you know, whether it's via writing an email or sending um, a message or getting back on that phone call to talk about it. So, you know, I think that the um, time and space afforded these couples both has its huge, you know, obvious drawbacks, but also some very subtle benefits too. Is there one thing that you found like the most inspiring that you took away and maybe put into your relationship or that you would recommend like our listeners try? Certainly. I will never forget being out to eat with um, an incredible woman, uh, Regina, whose husband um, was in prison serving a pretty long sentence. And, you know, we were just out to eat and I was asking her about her relationship and her marriage. And she 
I noticed was kind of distracted by another couple at the restaurant. And when we when we left, she said, did you see them? I said, oh, no, no. What do you mean? She said, they were both on their phones the whole time. You know, they were out to eat and getting to spend time on, with each other, but we're completely ignoring one another, both kind of just wrapped up and doing whatever. So it, it just became very apparent to me what a privilege it is just to get to be in the physical presence of our loved ones. And I think we all experienced that um, a little bit, you know, going through COVID, being separated from family members, perhaps, um, you know, and then the flip side is also being like trapped in the house with our with our husbands and wives too, and like being a little too close for comfort. But the thing I really took away from that is um, just how special it is to get to share time and space with my husband. And I thought about it so much. Um, I'm very conscientious now to most of the time have my phone away at the, when we're eating dinner, when we're even just when we're watching TV and hanging out and really get to, you know, revel in each other's physical presence and to really listen and to really just cherish that. Um, I got married in the course of reporting this book. And that was something that I did write into my vows to my husband that it is so special just that we get to be together. And that's something that we take for granted a lot. And I want to promise you that I will not take that for granted, that just to be able to spend time with you is huge. And and I really do cherish that. I'm thinking of Stoic philosophy where they have, you know, memento mori, which is like the reminder of death, that it's impermanent. And so in a way, yeah, it's like not taking anything in our life for granted, but certainly not our partner and that they could be gone or they could be locked up. And that will force us if we have to always remind ourselves that and it'll force us to pay more attention and and really be present in in those moments. Yeah, I found that it also makes the little irritations a bit more manageable too. you know, like when my husband has left the, the cabinet door open. That's like his thing. Like he's physically incapable of closing a cabinet door. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can look at that and just say, oh, well, you know, that's that's something, that's a tiny thing. And I can be irritated by that or I can kind of delight in that as, you know, just like evidence that he is in this house with me and, and that that's kind of great. I don't do that every time, I will say, but, you know, I strive for that. Exactly. Well, you talk about the the connection between these uh, prison relationships and real world uh, outside of prison relationships and how we both experience, you know, desire and delusion in mm-hmm. these relationships. So can you talk, let's talk a little bit about each, maybe starting with desire. Sure. I think that the desire piece um, when it comes to prison relationships is there is something, you know, very romantic about this separation, right? Like that it just really is um, this container to inspire a lot of longing. Um, And, you know, I think the flip side of that, when you talk about delusion, is that there's also a lot of room for projection. Because, you know, like many of the couples I profiled, Joe and Ben, for example, they lived on opposite sides of the country. So 
they would get to spend time physically together, you know, twice a year. So there's a lot of desire that that in between time can, can inspire, but also, um, it is hard and to get to know the kind of day to day of someone, um, within that, of course, they were writing and talking, um, you know, constantly, but, it is a little bit different than, um, you know, seeing how someone like treats the waiter at a restaurant, for example, you know, you don't get those um, specific data points. So I think that's a big stereotype that we have about these relationships is that, oh, these people are delusional, right? Like they think that either he didn't do it or, you know, they're really um, ignoring something else big in their life or psychology that this is what works for them. But most of the people I met and interviewed were so reflective and so um, introspective that they had really asked themselves those questions. And the thing about having a relationship with someone in prison where all of your communication, all of your interaction is mediated and you have to follow very specific rules and protocols to just be able to have that interaction, you have to be so deliberate at every turn. You know, you're constantly getting um, a, a stumbling block of saying, okay, well, now you have to do X, Y, and Z, where you have to ask yourself, do I want to do that? Do I want to do that badly enough to see this person? So in that way, they're not delusional at all. They're much more deliberate than a lot of our relationships on the outside can be where you know, it's a thing of kind of going through the motions and, you know, just being on autopilot. So I think that's what it is for people um, who are in these relationships with someone who's incarcerated. But the piece about delusion that um, struck me, you know, by contrast in thinking about our free world relationships is just the fact that any relationship you enter is kind of based on delusion, you know, essentially, because like when we make these vows to each other in marriage that we're going to, you know, till death do us part, I mean, that's a little delusional. We just don't know, you know, and it's a positive delusion, right? You have to take this leap of faith um, in order to get it off the ground. But I think that all relationships are based on a little bit of mutual delusion because, you know, you don't always know what you're signing up for and we're always changing and circumstances are always changing. So I think we're all delusional, you know, in the best possible sense of it. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. 
When you download Earn an app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earn it is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. We love those anecdotes. And, and yeah, it's so true. And we can take the, the, let's call it inspiration of this forced separation that's creating longing from these relationships. And, and that creates desire. And those of us that are not incarcerated are fortunate enough to be able to, to move freely. But we can still create that by having some space for, from our partner, by taking some time apart. I'm, I'm laughing because I'm remembering if anyone watches Modern Family, and I don't know, Elizabeth, if you are going to know what I'm talking about, but the main character, this funny, goofy guy, and every Valentine's Day with his wife, Claire, Phil and Claire, they put on alter egos and they, <laughs> they go to like a, uh, uh, a hotel and they meet at the bar and he's always some ridiculous character and and just clumsy and and it's just hilarious if if you guys have not seen it check out any of the valentine's day episodes but <laughs> my point is is they're they're creating this this desire this novelty it's not exactly longing but it's it's being creative and like forced um stipulations, right? So maybe stay away from your partner for three days, you know, if you have that luxury or, or if that works out and that's going to kind of create some of that tension and, and desire. Um, 
And we've talked about that on past episodes. And then also with you talking about the the delusion and, and how the people are very cognizant of the people that they're with that are incarcer- incarcerated. And to me, I hear that there's an acceptance. They're accepting their partner for who they are and and saying like, yeah, I know that this is that person. They did a bad thing. They're changing or, or whatever they say, but there's a recognition of that's who they are and that's who they're choosing to love and not trying to make them their partner something that they're not. That's exactly right. And, you know, in a lot of ways, these relationships are more honest in a sense because you get your partner's rap sheet up front. <laughs> you, know, you know what they're in for, right? I think with a lot of our relationships out here, there's, you know, a bit more digging that you might have to do to learn that. But that acceptance piece is huge. And a lot of the people I wrote about, you know, the... um charges, they had were very serious. Like in some cases, these were violent crimes. Um, so to work through that and to understand that and to, you know, I think one of the things I'll always remember from an interview is what um, one prison wife told me saying that, you know, I'm not marrying this person's past. I'm marrying them. I'm marrying who they are today. And I think that that's something we can all take you know, it's it's so easy in a marriage to let resentments fester, um, but to just try to love our partner as they are today, you know, as these imperfect people that are, you know, we're usually just trying our best. Um, that was also very inspiring to me. Did you interview any couples that had already been together prior to one person being incarcerated and then the, the person that was not? really struggling with resentment and forgiveness of, you know, maybe them changing the whole relationship and being put away. Were were there any conversations like that? I did interview um, those couples. I don't write about them much in the book because the focus is about couples who met while incarcerated. But the couples I met, I interviewed who knew each other before, they often knew each other um, more in the earlier part of their lives, like childhood, they'd gone to school together and then went their separate ways and then reconnected once um, someone was in prison. So I didn't have that experience of, you know, the couple where suddenly the whole world is turned on its head. Um, But I imagine you know, that presents its own set of challenges for sure. And as you say, resentment, but still, you know, I think that the commitment and loyalty I saw over and over again, it's just really incredible. And it puts a lot of things into perspective about, you know, what we tend to like quarrel about in our marriages. Well, Elizabeth, this is fascinating stuff. And, and I think really valuable to provide perspective to to mm-hmm. those of us that are not in an incarcerated relationship and and we've gone over those things of like not taking our partner for granted, you know, being present, accepting them for who they are. And before we wrap up, are there any things that we skipped over or some things you would like to bring up that you think would be valuable for, for our listeners to hear? Yeah, another thing I noted um, in couples, you know, because there's so much um, time apart, so many challenges, right? So like what sustains a relationship? What propels it? 
um, day after day, year after year, in spite of all of these challenges. And one thing I noticed with couples um, who did have a very successful track record of staying together is that they came together over um, some kind of shared personal project. So for example, Sheila and Joe, who I write about in the book, um, they really bonded over their shared um, passion for social justice. So while Joe was still incarcerated, they actually um, wrote books together. They uh, started a nonprofit together and did a lot of organizing. So this was a project that they had in common um, that was not just about them and it wasn't just about their situation. It was making something um, positive from the situation that other people could um, learn from. And uh, Joe and Ben also, they co-authored a workbook for um, other prison couples based on their own experiences uh, that they ended up uh, self-publishing. So I think one thing that I noticed that was really cool that I think we can all um, strive for is having this third thing that you're looking out at together. You know, you have you, you have your partner, but then you're looking at this third thing. So whether that's family, children, um, some kind of volunteering mission, I think having that shared passion to take you out of yourself a little bit and into something bigger um, was a very big takeaway for me. Thank you for sharing that, Elizabeth. And we really appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing this fascinating information and story that you've stories that you've gathered through writing your book. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And then we'll say goodbye. Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Liz Greenwood for you. The number four, the letter U, and you can visit me at lizgreenwood.com. Wonderful. We'll have all the links to that information and your website and the show notes and in the podcast description. And thanks again for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description, as well as on the show notes on our website at idopodcast.com. Dot com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14-day happy couple challenge. Uh, it's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's honestly just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, there are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at Spark myrelationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week. You were listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.